0: Oh, my leg. LeBron. My leg. LeBron, what's uh, wrong? My leg. I need your you leg? to carry me off the court, coach. Carry me off the court.
1: What happened, oh, LeBroni?
0: I think I got like a cramp or something. Oh, my God.
1: You got a cramp? That's yeah. why you're crying? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure you're not crying for the all of the people in concentration camps in China and the country where your shoes are made? No, I just got a leg cramp. just got a leg cramp? Get me off this court, coach. Are you sure you didn't have some air, some lemon <laughs> warheads before this? Why don't you bring four strong men on here to carry me off, please? Please. No man could carry an ego that big. <laughs> or a forehead that large. And scene. No man could oh carry a receding gosh. hairline.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow, the, you're flaming him. You're I am. flaming. I'm torching you're him. You're flaming the jam.
1: Right. <laughs> wow. I got increasingly more aggressive, I don't know.
0: It did. It did get increasingly more
1: aggressive. Well, I, I didn't know if I was supposed to be a friend or a foe.
0: I thought you were supposed to be somewhat of a friend, but the pent up aggression that you have towards LeBron James really shined mm-hmm. through in that. Opening I'm one skit. of those
1: friends who seems like a friend, but then when it comes down to it, when they're at their lowest, I come and I, I attack.
0: That is the scariest friend there is. Uh-huh. Wow, it's
1: no friend at all. No,
0: it's no friend at all. If you really ask me, but you know who's you know who's not friends.
1: I know what you're gonna say
0: LeBron James and Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs>
1: they are not friends
0: uh LeBron James came after Kyle Rittenhouse you guys have all probably seen the video of Kyle crying breaking down in tears in court when retelling the traumatic experience that he had uh with the men who attempted to attack him in uh Kenosha so we saw this video of Kyle crying LeBron James came after him and said what tears Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't see one. Man, knock it off. That boy ate some lemon heads before walking into court. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. It's quite the accusation.
1: It is quite the accusation. But it doesn't matter what he says. It's a, it, these are all things that are just only for virtue signaling points. I mean, if LeBron James actually cared about truth or standing up, maybe he would have watched probably one minute of the entire court case. Maybe he would have watched any of the videos of Kyle Rittenhouse actually in Kenosha. Right. But no, he doesn't need to do that. No. Look at all the likes that he got on his stupid tweet, too. I mean, he got, almost, what, like 100,000 likes? Oh,
0: 230,000. Oh, changed since last
1: night, 230,000 likes. Yeah. Think about all the people who like that tweet, who just believe exactly what LeBron James said.
0: Who have not seen a minute of what happened in court other than... Who knows if they even watched the video of Kyle breaking down in tears, which if you did, you would know that that is genuine. If he's acting, give him an Oscar because that is that is quite the the performance if this man is acting. Absolutely not. It yeah, is PTSD. very clear. I mean, yeah, you very clear. If
1: you go through something like that so traumatic that you wouldn't cry... I mean, I talk about it all the time, mention cry, but this is a, a, a time when it is okay. I mean, seriously, like that is, you went through some of the worst stuff imaginable, truly.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no, and to have to see, he went through this at 17, then to have to a year later recount it in front of a room of people that is judging you, in front of the public, the nation that is all judging you, many of them already uh, coming to a conclusion about you being a white supremacist, extremist, mass shooter. I mean, it's devastating. And to see this testimony that he had to give recounting the tale of his attack and his response to that attack is devastating. Right in front of his mother, who's also breaking down, crying. I mean, there's no... There's no basis for saying that this is a a fake acted out moment.
1: But of course they want to say it's a fake acted out moment because that means that if Kyle Rittenhouse is actually a a human who cries and has real emotion, then, you know, it it ruins it. So they want to make it seem like, oh, this is acting. Oh, no, he couldn't really be feeling this way because if he was really feeling that way. Then people would sympathize with him.
0: Yeah, it's true. Uh, We've we've spent. The entirety of this year uh, painting Kyle Rittenhouse as some emotionless extremist who went out in Kenosha that night to go and kill people for no other reason than his own his own vanity and his own ideology. And that's certainly not the case. I think this was a pivotal moment in his court case, this uh, moment of him breaking down. I think people are going to see this and remember where they were when they saw it, because it's just I, I just keep using the term devastating it's just devastating and to hear lebron james who we all know is just uh an an activist in his own right i remember uh when micaiah bryant was was shot and killed he tried to dox the police officer by posting his photo and saying your next hashtag accountability this is nothing new for lebron james
1: mm-hmm. and in that tweet it doesn't say kyle's name no no because again they don't want to make it seem like he's a person they can use yep. the, the moniker of just white supremacy of white people hurting black people and use that as the moniker of saying we're, we're lumping all of this together mm-hmm. and not have to use someone's name. And you can dehumanize people, yeah, make them feel like they are not actually a real person or a real entity that has emotions or thoughts or differences of opinion or ideas. It's just this is the entity, the 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 volcano of white supremacy that is erupting all over the place and that there is nothing you can do to stop it. And the only reason why someone could ever feel bad About Something happening is because they're faking it. They don't actually feel bad They're just faking it so that they can continue to advance white supremacy.
0: Yeah, I mean I I definitely see an acquittal uh, Up the bend in regard to Kyle Rittenhouse Any idea what you think is gonna happen when that happens?
1: You know, I'm not I'm not I'm never one to crystal ball things Mm -hmm. or say or maybe I am Uh,
0: Yeah, well (laughs) sometimes you are
1: for fun But in something like this, I don't know, it's hard to say because of course we would want him to be acquitted and and because that is the truth Yeah. based on all the evidence that is there, it would be the truth to have him be acquitted. But America is in a different place now. America is in a wildly different place than it has really ever been before, in my opinion, reading through US history and which you need to read that book that Alan told you. I know it's a great book. Yes. Um, and and reading through, it seems like America is in a more divided place than ever. And so, I don't know exactly how it's going to go. I know how it should go, but that doesn't mean that it will go that way. Because it seems like truth is a relic of a a past America.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I it's. I'm I'm seeing people that are not typically on our side come out in defense of Kyle Rittenhouse in this case, which gives me a glimmer of hope in that. Anybody who is particularly reasonable would realize that this is uh, an acquittal in the making. I I hope that that is the case. We saw what Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks come out and say, you know, guess what? I was wrong. I was wrong about Kyle Rittenhouse. She said this publicly. I thought that he was the aggressor in this case, and he is not. And uh, he did act in self-defense in this case. So to see people who don't typically support us uh, come out and actually come out in defense of Kyle Rittenhouse, I think is going to be impactful here. Uh, Sometimes it's too little, too late. Sometimes it is too little, too late. Uh, We know that the riots that were happening in Kenosha at the time of this incident were in response uh, to Blake being shot by police officers, which was also what I believe to be an open and shut uh, case in that sense as well in, in defense of the police officers. So if Kyle Rittenhouse gets acquitted, I wonder if we will see Kenosha burn once again.
1: I mean, the guy who Kyle Rittenhouse shot was a literal child rapist. Yeah.
0: The other one was what?
1: A white beater? And now you have people all over the mainstream media coming out and literally defending a (laughs) child rapist. Yeah, it's amazing. They would rather defend a child rapist than someone who used their second amendment in the way that they're supposed to use it. Right? It's like, and the people, I mean, I'm going on Twitter right now and I'm tweeting about Kyle Rittenhouse and some of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And people are saying there in the replies, maybe a few tweets and they say the same. But they're like, if Kyle Rittenhouse was black, you guys would be calling for the death sentence. I'm like, do we, okay, so we as conservatives, do we care more about the Second Amendment and guns or do we care more about white supremacy? Because even in that instance, if he was black, right. we would still care about the guns. Like the, the logic that they have doesn't make any sense. There is no. You know, if, if someone legally defends himself with a firearm, it doesn't matter what race you are. That's the purpose of the Second Amendment. It doesn't say, oh, if you're black, then the Second Amendment doesn't apply to you. Mm-hmm. It's like it applies to everyone. Constitutional conservatives support the Constitution no matter who it is. Black or gay, or black, gay, trans, and right. you defend yourself from Good a, on a white attacker. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Right. Good for you.
0: Uh, now, let's get into some more news around Black Lives Matter. Here's the headline New York Post. BLM leader threatens riots, fire, bloodshed in New York City if Eric Adams gets tough on crime. Now, uh, Eric Adams is the mayor-elect in in New York at this current moment, and there has been a surge of violent crime in New York. Surprise, surprise. A progressive-run city is seeing a surge in violence shocker. Uh so the, he had a meeting with the Black Lives Matter co-founder by the name of Hawk Newsom. Apparently, according to the press, this meeting got very contentious to the point where they were just screaming at each other by the end of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Hawk Newsom said if you increase police presence uh in New York, there will be bloodshed. That was the threat given
1: to. You would have thought Hawk Adams. Newsom would have learned something after he did an interview with Candace Owens on the Candace Owens show. You would think. But it seemed like he learned nothing.
0: He got obliterated in that Right. Interview.
1: Yeah. It wasn't the best discussion in a lot of ways. No, I mean, were, he wasn't doing very well of listening, but he he really did. He got his, he got his butt handed to him and you would think that you would learn something. But no. What but he even do- some of those guys, like some of those Black Lives Matter guys in New York just a couple of weeks ago, they were all protesting against vaccine mandates in New York right. because of the black, black people weren't getting the vaccine. Yeah. And he was saying that they wouldn't do it. So I don't know. Maybe he did learn a little bit, but obviously not. Because yeah. now he's saying this.
0: Obviously not. Yes. He says, quote, if they think they're going back to the old ways of policing, then we're going to take to the streets again. If you went and told your mayor that, wouldn't you as the mayor be like, all right, I'm going to need a little f- a few more police officers. Then
1: You see, that's what you would think in a smart society. <laughs> in that's a what smart you would society. do. But we don't live in a smart society, oh my goodness. especially in New York City.
0: I would be like, was just threatened. Uh,
1: increase police presence. See, I, I think that many of them, because they're so weak, they'd say. Oh, they, these, these five Black Lives Matter people threatened <laughs> us who said they're going to shut down the streets. We're, we're going to do whatever they want these because, five people. because those five people, those Black Lives Matter people who are coming and having this meeting and saying these things are then an arm of the mainstream media of the local media in New York too, of leftists on social media. And they'll come out and say, Oh, the, the people in, in New York city don't support us. And so then it'll be a massive crap show for all of the people in the New York city government who essentially are supposed to be these woke people and then they don't support it according to the Black Lives Matter people. So even if there's this small vocal minority of people who who almost have no political power themselves they can assemble armies of mainstream media and academia and social media mm. and just normal people to make something like this happen.
0: It, it's amazing that there was even a meeting between the two of these people in the same office, like to come and sit with somebody who is actively saying, you know, if you advocate for policies that are good for the city, as in increasing police presence, which increasing police presence is good for cities, uh, to have them just actively threaten you in your face.
1: I know, like the, just amazing the entitlement that you the have. entitlement yes like thinking that you can just show up and just go and threaten someone and right. like, and not have and have no consequences
0: next time i come into your office well i'm going to threaten you and see what happens
1: you threaten me every single day <laughs> with my
0: existence yes
1: <laughs> you threaten my livelihood do i
0: wow i didn't this is news to me but yeah, that's what I'm going to do is come and threaten you. We're going to cause this whole scene in the office where I'm like, if you do this, there will be bloodshed, Will. Uh-huh. I'm just going to see how people react. Yeah. Apparently this is normal. It's
1: acceptable. Yeah, call an ambulance. <laughs> but
0: but not, not for me. me.
1: <laughs> if there was bloodshed, I'm not, if, if you came in and threatened me, See, everyone would say that's fine. But if I threaten you, it'd be the crime of the century. It probably would be the crime see, of the century. Look at these unfair standards.
0: Look at these unfair standards. Look at the Kyle Rittenhouses of the world. Meanwhile, Hawk Newsom gets to go into a mayor's office and threaten him with bloodshed. And he gets yeah, See, imagine, on. Okay,
1: Hawk Newsome goes into the mayor's office right. and says this and says bloodshed. Nothing's going to happen to Hawk Newsom. Nothing. Imagine if someone who looked just like Kyle Rittenhouse, the straight white male, yep. walked in and said, if you don't support the police... Yeah there's going to be bloodshed imagine what would happen uh, i done. mean they would they would done. go to jail yeah. they would go to jail for inciting violence
0: absolutely they would the double standard is just mind blowing how mind people boggling. don't get
1: that is wild but that's because maybe i mean maybe that's because the other side isn't doing that maybe that's yeah. because other people aren't going in and doing that right you know it's only the one side that's doing that so then they don't have any sort of uh, notion of comparison
0: yeah so i guess keep an eye out on your streets new york i don't know what uh what Eric Adams left this meeting thinking, is he thinking, well, maybe I should decrease police presence because Hawk Newsom threatened me or he's going to stick to his guns and actually follow through uh, with protecting his citizens? I hope it is the latter of the two, although we know so many people are susceptible to the
1: woke political left, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I was just in New York. It's mm-hmm. pretty bad. It's not the New York that you used to know. Yeah, I've talked to everyone single person who I met in New York who said that they said New York is not the same anymore. And it's not. It's definitely not the same. And this new mayor who who um, placing Bill de Blasio, I mean, yep. it's it's just more of the same. It's like The Who. You guys know the song by The Who, uh, Won't Get Fooled Again? No. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Well. It's a great song.
0: There's a new sheriff in town, and he's just like the other one.
1: I don't know, how, how you guys not know this song? <laughs> I don't a, know that song. It's a famous song. I'm, I'm sure, sure the viewers will know.
0: I'm sure the viewers will know. i
1: surprised doesn't know how cultured she is. Uh-huh. I don't watch it. I'm extremely cultured. We won't get fooled again.
0: I'm sure I heard it because my mother used to listen to The Who all the time yeah, when it's I was one a of the kid. most popular songs. Well.
1: I just know the song from CSI. That's it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: You know who might know the song?
1: Dennis LeBron Prager. James. Dennis
0: Prager. Oh. Dennis Prager might know the song. And guess what, guys? What? Ladies and gentlemen, we have not just a very special guest, the most special guest you can have on Will and Amala Live.
1: Thank you, Amala. That's really nice of you to say about me.
0: <laughs> and I it's not Will. <laughs> it is Dennis Prager himself. Dennis, this is your first time on our show. Welcome in.
1: Yeah, why didn't you invite me earlier? It's just been so busy with so many other great uh, guests. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to. We had so many greater
0: away. names I, that week. I is.
2: understand, and I, I feel good to uh-huh. be here.
1: Yeah. Remember good. when Otto was on the show a yes. couple of weeks ago? That yeah. was great.
0: The snores really gave a lot mm-hmm. of wisdom yep. to our viewers.
2: God, Otto on your show! Oh, the thought.
0: Do you know be next that week.
2: on a fireside chat recently? At we they're all a half hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at thirty minutes. Otto got up and left. Oh, no. It was eerie. It was absolutely eerie. Well, it's it's like, like I get yeah. paid for a half hour. Bye. Because we, <laughs> we went like a few more minutes later because we didn't start exactly on time. He's a half hour. I'm out of here.
1: Well, it's like, you know, you wow. wake up before your alarm clock sometimes.
2: Yeah. It's uh, the same. It's right. like your,
1: your body but knows.
2: I, I don't know what to say. It was hilarious because it happened on camera. So I have no doubt people watching were cracking up.
0: <laughs> poor Otto.
2: <laughs> poor Otto. Poor Otto. We should all have such you a know? poor life yeah. as Otto. Yeah. Give me Terrible. a break. Poor Otto. Poor and Otto do not belong in the same paragraph. Yeah,
0: slaving away, sleeping next to that fire.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly.
0: Now, Dennis, we, we look to you for wisdom. We also look to you for a lot of a lot of hot takes. You you never afraid to share your opinion on things. That's true. Now, there's a particularly contentious trial that's happening right now around a young man by the name of Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm sure you're very, very familiar. So we want to sort of break that down, get your perspective on what's going on. And we're going to start with this video of Kyle in court today.
1: Rosenbaum. Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side, Um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski, and there were <laughs> there were three people right there. <laughs>
2: we're gonna just take it, time for our break anyway you, you can uh, just relax for a minute sir um, we're gonna take a break uh, about uh, 10 minutes and please don't talk about the case during the break what read watch or listen on the trap. so i feel a little silly in asking you this but sure i i, I always ask when i don't know something mm-hmm. what was he crying about
0: so this was Kyle being brought up by the defense to actually run through the happenings of the night in question. Mm-hmm. And this was when he had gotten to the point where he was actually being confronted with the people who were subsequently killed. He couldn't make it through the statement to even say what had happened because he was so overwhelmed with oh, emotion. Oh, because the
2: the act of shooting them, it was traumatic for yes. him. Yes. Well, all right, that makes sense. That does make... That, I mean, it speaks well of him.
1: I think so, too. I think that... I think at first I was maybe a little skeptical about putting him on the stand, but after that, and it seemed very genuine. You know, he was this is he's he was a seventeen year old kid. You know, trying to right. to do something. By else. the way, and, in
2: general, I don't understand why uh, why lawyers are not okay with putting their uh, their client on the stand. I, I,
1: because the cross examination.
2: I know, I know that. But if if the unless, wait, look, if they believe the client is guilty, it's it's not a good idea. Right. Uh, I, I thought Derek Chauvin should have been put on the stand in in the uh, in the George Floyd case. Uh, I don't know why they felt that he did himself. A service by not speaking.
0: Oh, I completely agree with you,
2: we and do. I think that's this, interesting. It's
0: the same thing in this case with Kyle Rittenhouse. Had he just sat and listened to the cross examination of other witnesses and let the defense go through their witness list, people would have been able to label him whatever they wanted that's just by right. looking at yes.
2: him. Yeah, and you're not a human if you right. don't speak.
0: Exactly, exactly. But getting him up there showed this was a 17 year old boy who went through this, a traumatic experience that, as of late, we've seen no emotion on the witness stand throughout this entire trial, and finally, you see it from the person who actually committed the act and i think that's a powerful thing and i think it's going yes, to service him i
2: absolutely do yeah no i'm, I'm glad that you i i didn't I, what obviously i asked you because i didn't know for sure but, mm-hmm. but now that you've affirmed what i suspected i think it's very much in his favor as a human being
0: yeah do you do you have any uh speculation on how you think this case is going to end oh. up or what your personal opinion is
2: no my, my personal opinion on the basis of only of what I know, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't follow every minute of the trial. Sure. I, I, I believe that, that he was confronted with people who wanted to shoot him. Mm-hmm. Or he had very good reason to think they wanted to shoot him. He, he was not confronting nice people, in my opinion.
1: Do you think that that will result in him being found guilty? It's
2: hard for me to imagine he'd be found guilty.
1: Yeah. Uh, We're in a different America now.
2: We are. Don't start me because I'll tell you why I say don't start me because when I look at the two of you and I, and I think the America I grew up in when at your age, it's actually painful. That's the, the only accurate word I could use. I I am pained on your behalf. Mm. It was, it was so much, we had always problems. Problems are part of the human condition. But it was so free. If somebody would have said something like cancel culture or even explained it, you know, oh, if you say something that this part of the political spectrum doesn't agree with, you will lose your job. You will you will be a national disgrace. Mm. They uh, people would have said, oh, you're talking about the Soviet Union. That's what people would have said. Right, Right, left and center. You're talking about the Soviet Union
0: and i think that's an interesting thing in particular in this case and what i what i focused on the most when it comes to the rittenhouse case is the response from the public to what happened before any information was given to them so just for some context here after kyle rittenhouse was in this incident incident and two people died one was wounded facebook banned any posts that were made in support of kyle rittenhouse gofundme one of the best ways to fund legal defense was banned. He could no longer create a GoFundMe to uh, garner support for his legal funding. And the media immediately labeled him an extremist. So if the court of public opinion has already found you guilty as an extremist and as a racist and as a murderer, are you truly getting due process in this case?
2: That's a good question. Theoretically, juries don't read the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't have an answer to that. But th- these what you described is a new America yeah that, that's that's exactly this is a perfect illustration that GoFundMe would not allow a human being who was charged with a crime when you are innocent until proven guilty yep. to raise funds for a defense
1: of course not I mean it's the same thing it's like the ACLU you know the ACLU used to defend Nazis the ACLU that's used right. to defend the worst people in America mm-hmm. right. And even when they had half their staff quit they still did the same thing they still defended these people now look at the ACLU you know, look at these other organizations. Look at something the, like the, the ACLU. Club. That's right. They're you
2: they're know. all they're they're all united in 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 basically undoing the United States. Right. Which is what the left does.
1: But that's the sad part that it's like you have institutions in America that have been around for a long time that are supposed to be the bedrock of what this country stands for. Right. That have abandoned those principles in the name of the, appeasing other people. That's right.
2: FBI, CIA. Yep. And- mm-hmm. American Medical Association, ACLU. Mm -hmm. American Medical Association is a really dramatic example of a cesspool that was once honorable. Absolutely. Well, remember, my statement that I make almost every day on my radio show, that the, the left ruins everything it touches, or anything it touches, everything it touches, either one. That is the key to understanding life there is no exception to the left taking something over and not ruining it. Mm. American Medical Association is a perfect example. They, they, uh, a few months ago they came out with an announcement that on um, birth certificates no sex should be listed. So the birth certificate of a horse uh, oh, there are male horses and female horses sure. male of and female of, of every mammal, of every primate uh, of every reptile but not human. Mm. There's no, oh, what do genitals mean? What do chromosomes mean? <laughs> Nothing. And, and now the latest, they have a, uh, Brett Stephens in the New York Times just cited it. Mm-hmm. He actually said, this is not absurd. It's Orwellian. What the American Medical Association just put out as uh, terms to be changed. And uh, it, it... Yeah, doublespeak. It truly, that's right truly double speak
0: yeah let's let's get the terms right here I have the article pulled up uh, from Brett Stevens a typical example the American Medical Association recently published its guide to language narrative and concepts which includes such recommendations as replacing the terms disadvantaged with historically and intentionally excluded <laughs> social problem with social injustice vulnerable with oppressed and blacklist and blackmail with words that don't associate with the color black
1: like whitelist and white male
2: right. well those are the, the evil things it, now so that's it's so preposterous like blackmail and and blacklist is racist so why isn't whitewash
0: exactly because it does it's it's, it's a train that only runs in one direction Not only right it's and exactly and, and it right. always will be that way. How did you pull that up so fast?
1: That, I, was, that was very I'm impressive. I'm prepared, Dennis. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, but you, <laughs> were, you were, huh? It was, that, that, well, no, I won't spoil it for you, I won't spoil how good that was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you very You're much. welcome. But yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see how pervasive wokeism is. And you you mentioned the American Medical Association. Before I worked at PragerU, I was working in medicine for a doctor who's a member of the American Medical Association. And I had already gone through my conversion at this point to conservatism and i remember he would have me sit in on the zoom calls that the ama does while he was seeing patients and i sat in on one one day and they immediately started not with anything that has to do with health or wellness or research they started by saying the the forefront our priority as the american medical association is to put out a statement in regard to police brutality in the coming weeks And I remember just sitting there, looking at this phone, listening to these doctors, these physicians, the the highest of our nation, talk about this. And it just blew my mind.
2: Why should we now believe medical authorities on medical issues? Mm. If you have so compromised yourself on every other issue of life, why should I trust you on medicine? And I don't. And I find this amazing... that I would sit here and tell you I don't trust any medical authority in this country: CDC, NIH, AMA, the, the, WHO. the well, that that's that's international, you but know. yeah, yeah. That, that's certainly uh, or, or the the American uh, the Society of the you know doctors who take care of kids mm. uh, that they're recommending that five-year-olds get get vaccinated that 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 that's almost child abuse. It's preposterous. It's, it's masks for two-year-olds did you see the video the two-year-old who was uh they took they stopped the plane yes police were waiting the mother she said he has asthma he was crying his 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 eyes out i just want to say the flight attendant who who stopped the flight to kick them off Mm -hmm. is one of the most frightening americans living I don't know who this person is. I don't know if it's male or female. It doesn't matter to mm-hmm. me. This is a bad person. People who obey rules and hurt people with those rules, hurt the innocent, are scary types. These are the people that made Nazism and communism possible. Obedience to irrational rules mm-hmm. with no questioning. These, This flight attendant scares the living daylight out of me.
1: I mean, you're talking about not trusting any of the medical institutions, and people will will write you off as a pariah for that. It's like the same people, like they'll say, "Oh, you need to trust the FBI, FBI, and the CIA," and then I did.
2: I said I did all of my life. Right. I don't now.
1: Right. They have earned my distrust. In the 1930s, I mean, all of the med- almost basically all the medical institutions and major doctors in Nazi Germany sided with the Third Reich. That's right. You know, well, it's like just because it's a, yes. a majority of experts quote-unquote experts does not mean that it's right
2: well and also there's no relationship between expertise and morality right character is character and Mm -hmm. knowledge is knowledge
0: yep Absolutely. So this leads to another question. We, we acknowledge that wokeism is everywhere, that the wokeness has sort of overtaken a lot of the facets of our society. Will it fail? And that is what Brett explores in this New York Times article. I kind of want to go over some of his points because there's a few that I, quite frankly, disagree with. And he talks about how there's two forms of protest. There are the forms of protest that are geared towards fulfilling the actual true American foundational promise of equality, unalienable rights, the pursuit of happiness, e pluribus unimus, you talk about the the trinity the great trinity that america was founded on and there's those that aim to tear that down and because wokeism is founded in the idea of tearing that down wokeism will somehow fail do you agree with that statement
2: yeah i don't know where his optimism comes from Mm -hmm. i i am asked all the time if i'm optimistic and i never answer the question well i do answer the question i never answer yes or no my answer in a nutshell And I think both of you, on different occasions, probably heard me say this, but it doesn't matter if you did or not. Mm -hmm. But I think both are useless. I think optimism is useless and pessimism is useless. The optimist has an excuse not to fight, and the pessimist has an excuse not to fight. The optimist says, things will work out, why fight? The pessimist says, things won't work out, why fight? Mm -hmm. So the only question I have is, will you fight? Uh, I don't know where Brett Stephens' optimism that that uh, the left will fail comes from. Mm-hmm. It might fail if we if we all fight. It will fail, but it's a big if. But I I, I don't know I don't know where that comes from. You know, Brett and I have a very long, uh, lasting, long standing relationship. Mm-hmm. We've been on a number of programs together, and he wrote a column, uh, gently criticizing me for supporting Trump. I wrote my own response. Mm-hmm. And I would like to ask him, do you, still, do you still think voting for Biden was a good idea? I don't know what he'll say, but sure. that's the question I'd like to ask him. He, he is a wonderful man and was, I, I just, he, 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 he was crazed by Donald Trump. That's the only way I can put it.
1: I, I read your response. I remember, and I remember the one in 2016 that you put out mentioned like the likes of bill crystal and ben shapiro well
2: those types uh, well th- i don't remember the uh mentioning uh, Ben Shapiro because I, I never thought of ben as never as a never trumper
1: i think it was in the article no, really I, I don't yeah. i don't know yeah. who i mentioned yeah. but but yeah.
2: uh ben, ben if ben was a never trumper he came around pretty yeah, quickly definitely he, he, he's our ally right. he, totally our ally right. and he was during the trump era right but, uh, but Brett Stephens attacked Trump and still does. Right. I, I, no. Just for the record, by the way, I think that Trump, in terms of what he achieved, was one of the greatest presidents in American history. I am not interested in his flaws. I am interested in his accomplishments. That's it. That's all any American should mm. eat. It's like, I gave the example during his four years. I said, you have, you, you have cancer. There are two oncologists, oncologist, surgeons, cancer surgeons, that are recommended to you. One is a kind, wonderful, faithful to his wife, church-going doctor, and the other is known as a womanizer, mm-hmm. and uh, has a somewhat of a lousy bedside manner, but is known to be a genius in, in cancer surgery. Every single human would take the second doctor. Mm-hmm. So why do you judge your doctor on performance, but not your president?
0: Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I guess we, I, we, we can't go too in depth about the performance of this current president, but it's
2: Well, if Well, this, this president is lousy on both counts. <laughs> I think he has a much worse character than Donald Trump. I don't think it's, it's comparable. This man's a crook and a liar his whole life. That is not true for Trump. No, it's not.
0: It is well, amazing how, so. uh, how sound bites and little clips and things that people say can speak so much, so much more than actions and what they actually accomplish and get done in America these days. And once people have been characterized in a certain light, whether that's a racist, an extremist, a bigot, you've, assen- you've done it. You've done it. You've, you've successfully painted a seed or planted a seed in people's minds where they will no longer view that person as anything else. And that's how strong the indoctrination is, I think.
2: That's right. Well, I... I- should write a column, 10 things I've learned in the last two years. Mm -hmm. One of the 10, and I mean, learned, I, I did not know this. I, Oh, I always assumed that the press can brainwash people only in a dictatorship. Mm. I never thought the press could brainwash a society in a free society. And I was wrong.
1: That's like, I mean, that's more like a, a brave new world type of dynamic. Where people feel like they more have a freedom they can do other things it's like a casual like like positive reinforcement versus like a dictatorship like in
2: 1984. yeah well it's somewhat even worse yeah people are in a dictatorship it's almost like no choice Mm -hmm. people have chosen to be brainwashed, exactly. Yeah, they. Choose I know it. that's your
1: point. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just restating it in English. that's true. No, you it did is. it much better. I, <laughs> I speak totally Spanish most of the time, which so. is
0: what makes me concerned and what I think is one of the pieces of this article that I don't think gets correctly right. He writes in one of the, the final paragraphs of his article, this is why wokeness will fail. For every attempt to cancel certain writers, others will publish them. For every uh, attempt to fix language by replacing some words with others, people will merely find more subversive ways to say the same thing. For every effort to turn high schools and universities into wokeness factories, there will be efforts to start afresh. Is that true if your society is successfully brainwashed and ideologically subverted?
1: Look, oh, Go ahead. I think wokeness will fail in the sense that any time... Wokeness is just a word that we have taken in our American lexicon to mean this leftist stuff, when in a lot of mm-hmm. ways it just means right. the collective leftism, right? right. You look, throughout history, any society that has adopted this dictatorship, totalitarian, leftist collectivism...
2: Mm-hmm
1: exists for maybe 70 years uh, and then it collapses mm-hmm. they all collapse so this wokeism if it does get into place where it is even more prevalent in america what it means is that the eventual collapse of wokeism is the collapse of america in a lot of ways i think
2: well also it's not exactly uh, a, a a consolation to mm-hmm. people your age that oh only 70 years right that's the rest of your lives mm-hmm. yep you, so you would leave leave a whole life in a totalitarian state i don't want that for you me neither right exactly so when, that's why i never never am consoled by people say oh in the long run evil always is defeated sure yeah but in the in the run till then the amount of human suffering it, i don't discount it Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the Nazis lost. It wasn't even 70 years. The Nazis, what, they they, they basically 39 to 45. In six years, they lost. Yes, had 100 million people, 50 million in Europe died, 6 million Jews deliberately. So uh, it's not a consolation.
0: It's not at all. And, I, and that's what I, I think is the true call to action for people who watch this show is that you should be up and adamant about what you believe in and talking about it and teaching people about it, expressing it, going to school board meetings, fighting the legislation, fighting these politicians who are advocating for this. Because Will and I, Will's 25, I'm 21, I was born in 2000. We can say America changed vastly in 1960, 1970, but it changed uh, even greater, um, maybe not even greater, but it changed greatly in 2001 uh, with 9-11. I 9-11. was only one years old at that point and I've never experienced America I feel in the way that it was truly meant to be experienced and in our lifetime uh, that might not be the case if people do not feel the need and the great concern to be adamant about what they believe and to share that with people so many people are so scared and they're so scared of what's going to happen in the immediate there's no immediate incentive to be truthful right now but there is long-term incentive, and you run the risk of just losing a livelihood that's worth having for the sake of comfort.
2: I did a video, I did my, you know, my fireside chat for PragerU every week. So in the last, I would say one of the last five, I did one on fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I, if you're uh, many viewers, listeners, uh, are not aware of my fireside chat, it's at PragerU each week look up the one on fear Mm -hmm. because that's that's the choice everything in life is a choice you believe it or not you choose whether to be frightened you can choose to stop being frightened you can choose almost anything i wrote a whole book on choosing to be happy Mm -hmm. even if you feel unhappy everybody is naturally frightened the issue is not, are you frightened? It's how do you act? Right. Do you let the fear control your behavior?
1: And That's I'll just tell you. The hmm? actions mean more. Than, actions than, than, are every, than yes. Your, and like people and, saying the Yes, that
2: and if you act non-fearful, you'll end up feeling non-fearful. Mm-hmm. Right. Our actions shape our feelings. We think feelings should shape actions. It's the opposite.
0: Well, Dennis, I want to bring us back to a tradition of ours, and that is me showing you things that Gen Z is very, uh, mm-hmm. very tuned into. Uh oh! Now we have TikToks. <laughs> I have two in particular that I want to show you and get your immediate reaction to. This one what is. What if of, I
2: don't have an immediate reaction? I'm I sure you will. I'm, lo- I'm sure I'm you low low will. Low
0: huh? I, I will low low wait. wait. She'll
2: wait. Yeah. Oh, that's even worse. For
0: as long as it takes. So <laughs> wait, no,
2: no, we'll help me out here.
1: I'll help you. Out. Okay. Yeah. Just look to me, I'll I'll make sure. Yes, Um, all right.
0: This one is from a, a young educator here in the States, talking about her view on CRT and social justice in the classroom.
3: Yesterday, I heard a coworker say, I may not bother with the social justice content. The parent pushback just isn't worth it. But here's the thing, allyship abandoned the moment that it challenges others or receives pushback isn't allyship. And second, parents aren't always our adversaries. For every one parent that pushes back against social justice content or your pursuit for educational equity, there are several others that support you and are in your corner and your pursuit to achieve equity in education. And we're not in a right to work state, so we can't just be fired just like that for discussing social justice in the classroom. We live in a union state in California, so this individual has no genuine fear of being fired on the spot for pursuing educational equity they just don't want to be inconvenienced by talking about it you're not putting yourself on the line you're not an ally and you're certainly not an accomplice yesterday
0: oh
1: wait i i I felt like i just heard someone saying words but none of the words (laughs) linked together to make sentences
0: do you want me to explain her her take in this
1: oh we understood <laughs> okay
2: uh it's funny in the beginning i was thinking where is she coming from and then it mm-hmm. became pretty clear uh, look okay it's i think it's invaluable to hear how people we are fighting uh speak and write uh, i i'm a big believer in that i would I, I i would love to interview this woman i really would i i if by any chance someone knows her, she's invited onto my radio show. Mm-hmm. I treat anybody with with uh, great uh, grace and and respect. I, but I, I would like to ask her. So, you do believe the Uni- the United States of America is systemically racist? Can you give me evidence of that? They never can. Well, they can't. They they always give the results. Well, blacks. Uh, dot 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 dot. And so, on. Yeah, but. It, by the way, I have a proof you 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 will like this both of you I think. I have a, an interesting proof of how little racism there is in the US. And that is all of the things that they make up to prove it's racist. Mm. That proves to me how unracist if if uh, if, uh let's see if blackmail <laughs> is racist. Uh if uh what, what is it uh um, colorblind. Yep. Colorblind is declared racist. That means since colorblind is the opposite of racism, Mm -hmm. they have to manufacture racism. It's like all the race hoaxes on college campuses. I said on my radio show, if I see a swastika, a noose or the N word on a college dormitory, I assume a black kid did it. I assume that Mm -hmm. now it may not. It's not always the case, but overwhelmingly now, why, why are there race hoaxes? there's only one reason. Race hoaxes prove my point. You have to make up hoaxes because there's so little real racism.
1: Exactly. Also, when these race hoaxes happen, like those girls in in Albany, like a couple of years ago, who got in a fight with some people and then turned out to be a hoax, the school put on like a whole vigil for them. Oh, of course. And they say it's like, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. Hillary Clinton tweeted about it. Like, yes. When something like that happens, I mean, is America really so racist when something like this happens and then it's the biggest headline news and every institution is against it right
2: that's another good argument that's exactly right
1: we're hungry for injustice so
2: anyway that that woman is invited onto my show
1: okay you're also invited onto our show you're invited onto all the shows oh my god
2: that's right by the way which proves another interesting thing they don't invite us but we invite them yep we would go any any of the three of us would go on any left-wing show in the united states
1: you hear that, Brian Stelter?
2: I'm ready. I've been waiting.
0: They have a fresh seat here on the show and they don't. They don't because they know when their ideology is challenged that it crumbles.
2: Right, because it's not based on reason or fact.
1: I think that, yeah, I think they're worried that if, if people who are on their side are watching CNN or something like that mm-hmm. and they see you or me or whatever on there, they're going to lose their viewership. I think they're scared of other people have being turned.
2: That's right. Uh, for good reason, by the way.
1: Right. Yeah, because they would be decimated by the arguments
0: that we have.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. what well, next one. One more TikTok. Here's yeah. the final
0: one for you, Dennis. This one's okay. about pronouns, which I'm sure you've had your, your yes. own uh, education on. Right. So,
4: hi. I'm Prophet or Lee, whether you, whichever you know me as. It's, I'm fine with both. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and disease year. So Z, Zer pronouns are Z, Zer, Zers, and Zerself. So I'll put that up on the screen. So they're used a lot like he, him, himself pronouns. Um, so in a, for like sentence examples, it would be like, oh, Z is over there. Do you want me to go get Zer? Um, oh, that book is Zer, Zers. Oh, they must be. Z must be so proud of Zerself. I'm still working on them, so I will still slip up on my own pronouns. So I completely understand if other people slip up or don't get them quite right. But I will not stand disrespect of my pronouns telling me that, oh, I'm just man or, oh, I'm just a woman. I'll never be non-binary, which is ridiculous. I'm right here.
2: So my immediate reaction is... Uh, I feel terrible for her. hmm That one would want to go through life without a sex, without a gender. I am, I am neuter. There have not been neuter humans th- ever. She and, said neuter?
1: Mm -hmm. did she say neuter no no no,
2: that's what it is Zer is neuter it's neither male nor female it's neuter to to go through life and want to go through life i don't i don't know what animates it i do not believe that this is the true self of this individual speaking Mm -mm. something has gone awry and uh I, i will not be a party if there let me let me make this clear if a man says, I am a woman, dresses like a woman, looks like a woman, uh, doesn't have a beard, doesn't have facial hair, for example, and uh, says, my name is Mary. I will call you Mary. Mm -hmm. If you have a beard and wear a skirt, I will not call you Mary. Mm -hmm. I will call you what you put yourself out as. It's not my business to know what you started as. Sure. I, okay, I'm fine with that. But I will not be party to non-binary. That is a war on, on human order. And I will not take part in that war. If you want to say, I, I am he, you look like a he, you took a he name, then, then it's, a, it's a non-issue. I, I'm not going to ask you, what are your genitalia? It's not mm-hmm. my business but uh, I will not be party to X and Zur.
0: And it keeps getting worse. There's so many more, there's so much more beyond Zee and Zer. Now they have something called demon pronouns, where you can refer to yourself as a demon in, in your pronouns.
2: Yeah, this is all socially induced. This is it not is. coming from within the individual. Of course. It's coming from a lost society.
0: And it's a weird phenomenon that has continued to grow and very, very recently, even five years ago, I don't remember this being no, exactly. as pervasive a problem as it is. Right. So what is the five years from now? I don't even want to imagine.
2: That's right. Well, <laughs> it's very hard to imagine. It's like imagining technological innovation five years from now. Right. You can't. This, you is, can't. this is non-technological innovation. Yeah. <laughs> this is regressive. denial of human. It's regressive. Yes.
0: Well, Dennis, any, any final words for our audience before we, before we see you out
2: yeah, on your well, filming today? Yeah, I, I love you guys. That's my final words.
1: Thank you. Well,
0: we can't end it any better than that, guys.
2: <laughs> I love you,
0: too. <laughs> we love you, too, Dennis. I, I
2: believe that, actually. Uh-huh. I know that. Thank you. How do you know that? Because uh, you, don't, you don't tend to hide it, <laughs> which is a very sweet thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yep. No, I'm, we don't hide our I'm admiration. overbearing
2: with my love. <laughs> no, not overbearing. It's modulated. Yeah, unapologetic. But, but it is there. Yeah,
1: good. Good. Listen, I wanted you to know.
2: Good. I, I do.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. <laughs>
1: my pleasure.
0: Uh, Dennis makes my heart so happy every time I see him.
1: He makes me happy, too, because I love him.
0: He's great. Everybody should love Dennis Prager.
1: It's crazy how we just switched outfits in about the five seconds that... You know, that just took place. You
0: know, uh, back in my day in theater, they'd call that a quick change, ladies and gentlemen, and mm-hmm. Will and I are very skilled in uh, such talents. Are we? Yes. <laughs> I am. I actually am very skilled in quick change. Have you ever done a quick change before?
1: I have to, have to, think to really about think it. about this. Yeah, no, you, I, nothing I mean, comes I'm to sure. mind? Yeah, where you're like someone's rushing you. Your mom's rushing you and she's like, "Well, sure. you got to change." And then I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah. You know, I was one more Call of Duty game. And then I change and then, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: I got to say, guys, so, the quality of conversation just really dropped
0: <laughs> <off>. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. That was in rivet. We get this profound conversation from <laughs> Dennis Prager and then yeah. we're back to talking about musical theater quick changes. Uh, but let's talk about something important today. This this very Thursday is... Veterans Day, Veterans Day, a very, very important day where we honor those who have served and those who continue to serve in our great military, defending us and our freedoms on a day to day basis. Now, I want to thank all veterans, but one in particular, my grandfather, who served in the U.S. Navy. Uh, he worked as a torpedo man and also worked in mine warfare as a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy. So, shout out to Grandpa. Uh, hope you're having a good day. Love you. Happy Veterans Day.
1: I would like to thank the veterans over at CNN who have to put up with so much that <laughs> oh they are essentially gosh. veterans. Yeah, you know, I according can't to it. them, as, yeah. as the mainstream media, they are essentially fighting in a war of ideas. Yes. So thank you to all of the mainstream media veterans. CNN
0: really wrote that. 2018. But CNN really wrote that, uh-huh. that we should honor the press <laughs> in the same way that we honor veterans. <laughs>
1: knuckleheads amazing they're literally knuckleheads, knuckleheads. yeah knuckleheads. Literally knuckleheads but
0: to the actual veterans thank you thank for you for what you do God
1: bless you america all of the rights and all of the freedoms that we have is because of you is because of the sacrifices that you guys made yep. you guys died so that we could live i mean yep. really that is that is what it is about or that's memorial day veterans day is for the veterans who are alive you guys know what i mean uh, anyway the the sacrifices is important and we really appreciate it
0: yep It's one of the biggest sacrifices you can make, especially for your country. And what is really interesting about this Veterans Day is a lot of children aren't learning about Veterans Day. Uh, PragerU has decided to try and fix that. We have a new book in our Otto's Tale series called Today is Veterans Day with little mini Dennis and mini Otto. You can see them here in our Veterans Day book. Uh, And you can order this. Today on Amazon, it is a prime purchase for nine ninety nine. Teach your kids about Veterans Day, what it means. Because if you send them to school, I can nearly guarantee they're not learning what Veterans Day is, mm-hmm. tragically. And now, also
1: available at PragerU.com is the episode, today's Veterans Day, of Storytime with Otto, uh, hosted by Alicia Krauss. Mm-hmm. So. Check yes. that out as well, and that's for free.
0: Yeah. So you can have Alicia Krause read our little book to your little child. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Now let's let's talk about a veteran. Today's throwback Thursday. It's Will's Throwback Thursday because we do circulate who gets to who gets to run the show on these specific segments. And Will has put together a Throwback Thursday for us. Take it away, Will.
1: Oh, yes, I have, Amla. Thank you. You're very welcome. So my throwback Thursday today is for Andrew Jackson. Mm -hmm. You guys don't know Andrew Jackson. He was a president during the 1800s. Andrew Jackson gets a bad rep, okay? People hate on Andrew Jackson. You'll hear the left every single day if you're talking about bad presidents. They go and find Andrew Jackson, and they complain about him. They say, Andrew Jackson was the worst. He was a racist and all these horrible things, okay? But I want to share with you guys some of the untold stories, about Andrew Jackson, okay? Beautiful. About how great he was. What a great intro. Yeah, listen, I I don't, the left's lies Mm -hmm. will not silence me, okay? I am going to tell you guys about Andrew Jackson. There's a great picture of him, or painting of him, Yes. okay? During the Revolutionary War, the 13-year-old Jackson joined the Continental Army as a courier. In April 1781, he was taken prisoner along with his brother Robert. When a British officer ordered Jackson to polish his boots, the future president refused. Mm-hmm. The infuriated redcoat drew his sword and slashed Jackson's left hand to the bone and gashed his head, which left a permanent scar.
0: That is crazy. Yeah.
1: 13 years old, you're like,
0: "Dad, I'm going to go be in the in the Continental Army."
1: Right. And at 13 years old. Imagine you're 13 years old or someone alive right now. Imagine a 13-year-old today. Someone comes who captured them as a prisoner of war and says, shine my boots. You're
0: like, go kick rocks.
1: Yeah. Go kick rocks. You little red coat. Pound sand. (laughs) And that's exactly what he said. And then they slash him in the head. And he still lives to tell the tale. I mean, what a... This dude is so cool. The point of what I'm telling you guys is how cool Andrew Jackson was because he was really so cool. But that's like a good lesson on standing up to people who want you to do something. People will always tell you that you have to do something. And of course, that's a bad consequence to have your head slashed and your hands slashed. Mm -hmm. But you do it anyway. You say no to these people all the time. Yeah. It's a lesson.
0: You say, go kick rocks, Redcoat.
1: Yeah. Go kick rocks, Redcoat. Go pound (laughs) some sand. (laughs) All right. Now, Andrew Jackson did anywhere from five to 100 duels. I know the number is kind of large, but <laughs> that's, be, a very that's, that's what it said. Anyway, but this this man, Charles Dickinson, he called Jackson a worthless scoundrel, a poltron, and a coward in a local newspaper. Wow. And the future president challenged his accuser to a duel. At the command, Dickinson fired and hit Jackson in the chest. The bullet missed Jackson's heart by barely more than an inch. In spite of the serious wound, Jackson stood his ground, raised his pistol, and fired a shot that struck his foe dead how sick that is cool
0: wild is that's wild he gets
1: shot in the chest yeah. and then you get you get up and you shoot him yeah that's crazy
0: it's, I'm I guess, not saying you
1: should shoot people no but you understand what I'm saying just how tough this dude is he's tough as nails
0: I know apparently he didn't even flinch during this encounter he just crazy. Like, took it and then just lifted his hand up and just killed the guy that's right. wild I know
1: the reason why people hate Andrew Jackson is because Andrew Jackson was a man of the people. Yep. Okay. Andrew Jackson was what people today would call a populist. He was a he was a, a rational populist. He believed in the common man. So a lot of the things, a lot of the the acts and, and things that he pushed for were about things that were going to help the common man. He didn't care about the businesses and, and those kinds of things. so or, you know, big, large corporations. And this is where it really gets good. Okay. This okay. picture is Andrew Jackson essentially cutting the heads off of the, the multi-headed snake, essentially. And the multi-headed snake was the second national bank, the second bank of the United States, which essentially was the Federal Reserve back in that day. That was Mm -hmm. founded in in 1816, the second national bank. um, And then it was going to have its charter come back in. And Andrew Jackson said no, because the second national bank was just going to send the U.S. into more and more debt. And it only helped out the big investors and the huge multinational corporations and all those people. Mm. And Andrew Jackson said no. And he stopped the charter. He even went against Congress and all the people who said, oh, it's fine. It's constitutional. He said no. And he vetoed it. And he did the right thing.
0: Now I see why you chose Andrew Jackson. I know.
1: He's the man. <laughs> He's so cool. And he did this. Like This is all the way back in the day, in the, in the 1800s. And he, 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 he was so cool. And this is why people hate him. This is why they come and say, you know, he's this horrible, horrible, racist person. Because the same people who slandered him at the time in the 1800s because he wanted to stop the Second Bank from renewing its charter are the same people who continue to spread the lies about Andrew Jackson being a terrible president and a terrible person. Andrew Mm -hmm. Jackson, you guys think you think the trail of tears and how horrible that was. Andrew Jackson adopted two Native American children. He adopted two Native American children to be in his family. One of them, unfortunately, died shortly afterwards. But the other one lived uh, a life for years and years before dying of tuberculosis. But, you know, he adopted (laughs) these. I'm sorry. What?
0: I don't want to have that. It's not funny. It's It's not funny. The the way you said it. One of them lived a life for years and years before dying of tuberculosis. And then you just moved on.
1: Well, what am I supposed to do? Dwell on it? Oh, my gosh. He did the right thing. He tried to help these Native American children out. You know, he's not, he's not this racist, horrible person that people say that he was that, but they paint him this way to make, because of the things that he believed in history writes itself that way. So a lot of the things that like you guys might hear in the history books and things that you think are true in your, you know, your textbooks or whatever from history class, uh, a Howard Zinn's People's History of America, any of this kind of stuff. It's it's nonsense. It's nonsense when you dig a little bit deeper and find out why these people were hated, why they were so bad. Okay, there's no doubt we're not saying that the the times weren't different and probably some of the things Andrew Jackson did probably weren't the best. Whatever. Okay, that that's that's for that's that's in a way neither here nor there, because the things that really matter, the reasons why they really hated him are because of this. It's not like at the time anyone was complaining about treatment of Native Americans. People who were on the left, people who were on the right, didn't matter, right? No one was complaining about that. The people were complaining and saying these slanderous things about him because of what he was doing for the common man against the Second Bank of the United States.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how how much we will truly never know about history because it's painted through the lights of bias, whether that's from the, the time period of the 1800s where Andrew Jackson is from or the history that we're developing right now. Uh, We'll never have a full scope of it. And that's like the interesting thing when we do these throwback Thursdays is that we even diving into these stories as deep as we can are only getting uh, a very broad painted brush of what this man actually was. There's no subtlety or nuance in history because there can't be. We'll never know the true story.
1: Right. And he used to throw massive parties at the White House, too, and just get hammered.
0: Which is another thing, isn't he the one who threw a party at the White House, or uh, and was just like anybody can come, uh-huh. like you guys can just come, kick it at the I, White House, <laughs> and then um, all these people showed up and it got super crazy. He's like, here's here's spirits, here's food, like anybody can come.
1: It was like Project X, yeah, at the White House. Yeah, just imagine like the president texts you and invites you to a party. Yeah. I mean that happens to me, you know, no big deal. Oh, but yeah. you know, imagine oh, okay. if was someone else. You know, right. Be crazy. Right. And everyone just shows up at the White House. Is bring your own beer to the White yeah. House.
0: Yeah. The president gets on CNN. And he's like, "Yo, guys, I'm throwing a party this <laughs> yeah. Saturday. I'm, it's, I'm doing I'm doing kickback this Saturday. <laughs> Anybody can come. Like, yeah. bring your wife, bring your kids.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Byob. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Jackson's doing a keg stand.
0: Yeah. No, I think that helped him a lot just being so accessible to
1: people. Yeah. He's just he's just a dude, basically. Yeah. You know, it's like dudes being dudes. Well, that was Andrew Jackson. This
0: was a very good presentation.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Andrew Jackson's a man. Good stuff, Will. I know the people probably on the left will, I would assume that they would clip this or say, you know, Will Witt defends Andrew Jackson's racism. Fine. Say whatever you want. Okay. It doesn't mean anything. What matters is that Andrew Jackson was a man of the people.
0: Okay. Yep. And in a lot of ways, he was right. AJ was right. Mm -hmm. He's not the only AJ. That's right, sometimes. Anyways, guys. What
1: are you talking about? Alex Jones. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. <I laughs> this was a transition to our next story. No, yeah. no
0: it's not a transition yeah. to our next story because it is 3.30, ladies and gentlemen, which means thank you so much for watching this show. I hope you enjoyed uh, Dennis being on the show today. That's a big thing. He's never been on our show before, and you guys seemed to love it. We also talked about LeBron James, Kyle Rittenhouse, and Hawk Newsom going and threatening the mayor of New York City, as well Mm -hmm. as a wonderful throwback Thursday presentation from the Will Wit himself. Guys, thank thank you you so much for watching. You're welcome, Will. Please like subscribe click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live 2 30 pst 5 30 eastern if you'd like to listen to us go to google play apple Podcasts, or spotify Leave us a five-star review so that we know that you love the show Everybody else knows that you love the show If you want to listen to or read any of the stories that we went over today Check down below in the description You can go and check them out and support us by following our show Not just on youtube and facebook and instagram and all that fun stuff but on prageru.com itself That's super important if we get taken off the internet by some sweep of the big tech overlords, you will always have PragerU.com and the PragerU app. So make sure you download that and follow our content on there as well. Thank Mm -hmm. you guys so much for watching.
1: Thank you, Andrew Jackson fans.